have been um, sharing on um, the subject of greater faith, developing our faith, moving forward, increasing. And um, we have got to um, reconcile something. We have to come to a decision about something. We have to realize what world we're in and of and what world we're not of and in. The world pursues like they're without having a godly call and a recognition of Jesus as Lord. They pursue fame, fortune, riches, better job, like anytime there's an, an ability to increase in how much money you make, you, you take that opportunity without question, whatever it costs, and that is how they function. They, they look at some of us folks that have a, are called to a place, which is what we have to understand is going on with us. If you are called by the Lord, like if you know him and you're under his lordship, then that is not your objective in life, to just increase, to do better, to have more. Hey, nice entrance, Jace. I still catch myself us saying, talking about what we pursue is, you probably think I'm crazy, right? Like to really uh, explain, um, there's this, uh, there's still a timidity about how we live and, 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 and how we choose things and what we do and what's important to us. And the spiritual life and pursuing Faith, and we see in this chapter 11 of Hebrews, first verse, it's the unseen. It's believing something that is not seen. It's, that is faith. Faith has to do with not, of what's not seen, what can't be necessarily proven. And so when you come to the conclusion that's who I am, then you stop apologizing for it and you just realize you're not just about making money. You're not just about increasing in popularity. You're not just about doing better than someone else. You're about, if you're called, then faith says you're, there's something greater to pursue than this stuff and this life. Now, in this life, as you find your place and your purpose, then you should do that with all of your heart. So when we, I stopped with um, Abraham last week, I believe, and, and Sarah, and I'm going to start in verse 10 of Hebrews 11. And I, and I wrote this phrase down, and, and, and then we'll build on that, that the believer pursues promises of the unseen, the destiny or the destination that God calls us to. That, that's not what the world does. And so stop apologizing for it because that's who you are. You have to come in. You've got to really fully come in. If you're really in, then you don't start your conversations out with, you think I'm crazy or this sounds weird or whatever. It should just be, here's how I live. 
and the Lord follows me. <laughs> he comes after me, and he makes a way. When I get in trouble, here's how I live. Here's what I do. And the Lord delivers me out of all of it. I'm not exempt from problems. I just have a Savior in my problems. And I'm not the Savior. <laughs> I don't save myself. The Lord saves me. The Lord delivers me. The Lord redeems my messes. I'm not exempt from making messes. Is there anybody here that's exempt from making messes? We do. We just do. We have failures. Sometimes that starts to get exposed. You're like, awkward, you know. I want you to think better of me than some of the decisions I've made and the things I've done. But in, in redemption, it's under the blood and you live that way. It's like, yeah, I've done that, but I'm free from it too. Yeah, I went down that road, but I learned a good lesson and I found Jesus in it. So in, in chapter, verse 10 of 11, referring to um, Abraham, it says, his eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations whose ar architect and builder is God himself. So there's something greater we're pursuing. We must keep our eyes on that. It's easy to get so involved here and building your thing. And it's not even that it's bad. It's just don't lose sight. Don't, get, don't lose sight of the real target. It's easy on any given day, but don't lose sight of the real target, the real destination, the real purpose that you have. Who's this architect, the architect and builder is God that of what we're pursuing. And then there was this reference to, to Sarah. Uh, and we have this story in, in Genesis where it says, the Lord came to Abraham and uh, there were three. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I, there's three, three men came, you know, like three. Begin to talk to him. He makes them meal, runs into Sarah. Hey, 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 we have guests. We've got company. Like, get out the best. We've got to do this. Da, 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 rushing around. You know how you rush around. Someone drops in on you and you're like, it's not just a, you know, guest. It's not just the neighbor. It's somebody special. And he's hustling to get ready and get ready. And uh, the angel, the, the Lord, whoever, whatever this is, says, where's your wife? Where's Sarah? He goes, oh, she's here in the tent. Evidently couldn't see her, but she's right here. A tent for these people is like our houses. So if you've ever seen the it's the, the, the tents that these, these people, even to this day, if they live in tents, it doesn't look like our you know, three-man pup tent. It's, it's, it's elaborate. It's amazing. And so... She's here in the tent. She's here in the house. She's, she's here. And he says, when I come back around, you're going to have a son. And Sarah listening, what does she do? She laughs. She hears something ridiculous. Now, we were carting my 92-year-old mother-in-law around yesterday. And so Sarah was even older than that. And that's like... Yeah, I would even laugh at that. Like, you know, but see, you know, I mean, you put some reality to it. You're like, oh, my God, this was a miracle. This is amazing, you know. Can't keep their teeth in their mouth anymore, and they forget things. And, you know, it's like it's real life, you know, live action. I think Sarah was in better shape than that. But anyways, she was, you know, she laughs. 
And the, and the angel of the Lord correct, can confront that. And she lies. I didn't laugh. <laughs> oh, but you did lie. Now, she makes it in the book. And we're kind of like, see who, who gets in? I don't believe you get in this chapter without actually having faith. Now, maybe she believed and got weary after a few years of a promise. You tend to lose heart about it. Yeah? The best of us do. After a while, you're like, yeah, I did believe, but I'm wore out. I'm tired of believing. Like, and I'll see people check out. I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to pray for people anymore. I tried that once or three times or whatever. Nothing happened. And do you understand that it's not the results that get you credit. It's the act of faith. And you may get to heaven. It's like the Lord's like, good job. You prayed for so-and-so. You're like, yeah, but they died, you know? And he's like, that's, that's my business. You, you obeyed me. You prayed. You believed. You did what I told you to do. We have to understand the unseen and realize we've got to start doing what the Lord calls us. Because I'll hear people talk about this. They've been praying for people, and they died anyways. Or this happened. This happened and, they, and you can see they step back. They withdrew from the fight. They were, withdrew from, the, from uh, uh, engaging. They're, they're now hedging their bets, and they're not living on the edge anymore. They're not living out there. It's like, oh, we pulled in all our stuff. You know, we live in our little safe world. And, and in order to get credit for faith, you've got to stay there and believe what you can't see. And after that confrontation, I know if I would have had this experience with Sarah, and it could have easily been me, because I have laughed. I've, I've had prophetic words that I've, I've literally like, gaha, uh, sure. And years later, they're coming to pass, and Phyllis and I will look at each other like, dang, never saw that. Didn't think that was it ever happened. Here we are in the midst of this thing. So... We've gotten a little wiser and a little more careful about our guffawing about prophetic words and promises of the Lord. And uh, may not look what we thought it was going to look like, but he's also always faithful. It's like, yeah, you, you perceive this, but here's, here's how I'm going to do it. Here's what I'm doing. Look, look at this. You know, and you're like, wow, you did. I believe she had opportunity here to come back to the point, if she was away from it, if she'd ever gotten there, to believe this promise because she makes it in this chapter. She could have easily been left out, but she wasn't. Sarah, faith embraced God's miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing for the authority of her <coughs> faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. So, a visitation by three, you know, manifestations of God, angelic, whatever they were. I'm going to stay out of that for the moment. She knew it wasn't some other Bedouins passing through. This was, these guys were super, these were from heaven. She had a visitation and the Lord confronts her. And I know that it looked bad at the time. But what do you do when you go through something like that? I know what I do. I get real serious about getting things straightened out in here. When I'm just flat out confronted, boom, and there's, I have no 
I have nothing more to say than I, 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 turn, I repent. I, I, I reach out, I think, I ponder. I go, I gotta, I gotta get back to believing what the Lord said. And, and I believe she got there and conceived. In fact, so many children were subsequently, in verse 12, fathered by this aged man of faith, one who was as good as dead, and he, ha- he now has offspring as innumerable as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. These heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised to them. But they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. Do you mind if you be one of these people? You've got to make a decision. Do you want in or want out? There's a great recompense of reward if you're one of these. Now, if you want to just live in the natural world and only believe what you see, I'm from Missouri, you've got to prove it to me, da-da-da-da-da, all that. You're going to miss out big time. The calling is to step up, no matter where you've been, no matter how long it took you to get here. I'm telling you, if I hit a moment in my life of real faith, shazam. So it's never too late to make the move in your heart, repent, and turn your heart back over the Lord and say, I believe what I cannot see. I believe what seems impossible. I believe your promise because I trust you. You don't say things that aren't true. They all live their lives on earth as those, as those who belong to another realm. That, that's who we're to be. No matter how involved we are, our callings, our destinies, they may be in all kinds of areas in this life. We should do them with all of our heart. We build our houses. We own our land. We're stewards of our children. And, and there, we have to do that. And it's important. And we, 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 then, then we, went, we pay that forward, our posterity, as, as we, the next generation comes up. Because this life, no matter what, is temporal. Though we believe in bringing the kingdom here, and let's look at Matthew 6, 10. It's the Lord's Prayer. Nothing you don't know. Might be a fresh look at it with um, a fresh looky-see with uh, um, <clears throat> the Passion Translation. In verse 10, chapter 6, it's the middle of the Lord's Prayer. It says, manifest your kingdom, or what we call that. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. So we are contact individuals, entities, creations, sons, daughters, father in heaven, and we're here on earth, and we make the connection, and we pray for that to come here because that's what we, we live in the kingdom. We live with kingdom values. That's the calling anyways. And uh, we haven't fully investigated that life. Like, there's always so much more. And, and so to do that is to stand on this earth, this, and it's temporal, in our, in our temporal bodies, in our failing bodies, in our failing situ- in our difficult, challenging situations, and you're placed right in the middle of a mess so that you can... Make contact 
and called the kingdom down. There's purpose, there's destiny. So back to Hebrews. We live our lives because there's another realm. We live as another realm. This isn't our end. This isn't the end. This isn't the top goal. We, we are here. What's the goal is to fulfill our destiny and to bring that fully. For in verse 14, for clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. So they left other places to get to where they were. And if you, man, I wish I was back in Egypt, that kind of thing, it can get you in trouble. Especially if you're, you left to come, into, come to a promise and then you're, you're in it and it's hard and you go, I want to go back. I want to go back. This new job isn't what it's cracked up to be. I want to go back. This new marriage isn't what it's cracked up to be. I want to go back. I mean, there's all these situations we get into, and the difficulty hits, and it's like, oh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going back to what's familiar. It wasn't the I Ching, but at least I could survive there. And so in all of life, there, if this isn't in us, like living for something beyond or living for that city, then... We're just like them. We're competing with them. We're just the world. Actually, I'm going to tell you a secret. They're better at it than you are. They are. They're good at it. They practiced all their life. They know how to cheat a little here and twist a little there and do this and do that. And put on the charm and use other things that are illegal for you. You can't compete. So don't engage. Realize I'm not like that. But in this, the Father will take care of me and bless me, and I, and I also will succeed, but it's for a greater purpose, a greater destiny. It's something beyond me. I love living for things that are bigger than me. How about you? Every once in a while I get caught up in living for myself. It's not that fun. It usually crashes and burns. There's a lot of anxiety in that. and you know, It's not all it's cracked up to be. But when you truly, you truly realize that any given day, no matter how mundane and where you're at and what you're doing, that you're living for something greater than yourself, then you're like, oh, this isn't so bad because I'm here to pray. I'm here to praise. I'm here on the earth to call down favor from heaven. It's okay. I'm, as a matter of fact, this is the beginning of a great adventure. Verse 16, but they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is, the heavenly realm. And I'll, I'll just say this. We, we have gotten twisted like on, in our end times vision and all of that stuff. And I'm maybe the least qualified to even bring it up or mention it. But I, I know that every time we, we even get entangled in that and it's, it's not supposed to be that. It's not supposed to be an entangling thing. It, it's to be a thing where you trust that there's, there's a plan coming in his time. Like everybody I, I'll run into, people, and they're watching what's going on. It's like they're all focused on the end times. I'm like, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I, not yet. Not now. There's too much, there's too much good that has to happen. This is, I don't believe this is that. I don't know the day or the hour, but this isn't that. This isn't the time. It's what I believe. I'm ready. 
I, I'm not, I'm qualified, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place, but I, I don't think like that. I don't look at the situation like that. There's, there's destiny right at the, at the doorstep for souls to be saved, for lives to be changed, for, for kingdom to come in a manifest way. Sometimes it can't come till the darkness really shows up. You're like, oh my gosh, it's worse than I thought. Oh, you have no idea. We're living, we've been living for years and years and years now in a, such a delusion, even in the United States of America. Things are not the way they appeared. I'm wondering now if we have any elected officials or if they're just selected like third world countries. I'm not even making a joke. It, it's that bad, it's that corrupt, and it needs to get exposed. How can I, in this very testing time, be a source of light and feel like I'm, I'm right on track? My heart's aligned, my spirit's aligned, my focus is aligned, my spirit, you know, I'm aligned. There's a way to do that. We can do that. And I, I listen to the rhetoric, and I was just telling Phyllis this the other day. I, I, I start listening to some of these patriots that are a little left to center, and they're great-hearted people, and say they love Jesus, but not dialed in very good. And they're, they're talking about the millennium like they're going to bring it in. I'm like, oh, no, 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 oh, heck no, no, no. Not without Jesus. I don't want any millennial reign. I, I don't trust you all. I don't trust myself. I need Jesus to show up for any millennial. Like, I, that's like, that's my really heart. It makes me nervous. I watch what happens even when the church gets a hold of things like, oh, geez. We, we still need him. We need him to show up. I, I want to be aligned as best I can with how and when and what he is doing. And so there is a tension. Do you feel the tension? Maybe it's just me. I feel a terrible tension having my eyes set on a city and also have my eyes set on a nation that I know God called and this ain't that which was called forth, you know? We're not seeing what we were supposed to be. We, we are those that believe in the unseen, but the unseen is to manifest as we function. Like the kingdom is to manifest when love has its way, when forgiveness has its way, when faith has its way. I want to be a person that has my heart fixed on that heavenly realm. I love reading the end of Revelations without a lot of theology clicking around in my mind and just read about that city coming down out of heaven and the details and the, you know, the, the uh, schematic of it. It's very detailed. It's like, and it's coming down from heaven from God, like, and when and it comes, and it's like, oh, yeah, baby, I want to be somewhere involved in that. I still believe. Can't comprehend how. But somehow that realm is coming in a certain time in a place. And it's a good day. And there's a river that runs through it. And there's trees, the leaves, the healing, the nations. By the time this mess is over, I'm thinking we're going to need some real healing, not of people like at a, on a large scale. You'll have to identify it by nations need, scale, need healed. So when you get your eyes on that and eyes off of yourself, like, man, what do I go? What do, what do I actually do right now? 
good grief. How do I not get caught up? How do I not get angry? I mean, the insanity of the shooting and all this stuff and the rhetoric and the interpretation, and I'm like, I'm ready to... <laughs> calm down, calm down. There's another story that saw like Real, real tragedies with fake narrative and horrible narrative. There are real answers. They're in our pocket. Like, we, we do have answers. We are the solution. We are part of the solution. Pray for the kingdom. What do we do? We stand here. Father, bring your kingdom here. We need just. You love justice. Bring justice. When we have leaders that rule justly, the people are at peace. They're prosper. They're happy. When unjust leaders in charge, every, everyone's angry, frustrated. So because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. So I like, I like that idea. Finding favor with God, living in a way that he looks down. Oh, there's Rick. I'm proud of him. He's doing good. You know, nobody else thinks so. He's doing good. He believes. He's following me. He's praying. He's seeking, he's seeking me in this. Then this transfer, every man's life comes, and we see the, the God, God's identified the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was amazing how they all had their destiny to be born to come, to be called, to follow the Lord, then to, to have the promised son, Isaac, that was a big deal. And then Isaac to Jacob, and then we see Jacob to Joseph. So, give me my phone. My Old Testament here. Um, so in Genesis 21, Isaac's born. And you receive something, you enter into something that's been promised. You wait all of your life to get the promise. I was rereading this moment, this bad, heavy-hearted, almost tragic chapter 21, uh, or actually it's 22. But, but he, we see that the promise in 21, in Genesis 21, is that, is that your lineage is going to be through Isaac. So then in, in chapter 22, um, this is where, where Abraham and, and Isaac, yes, yes, this is the chapter. And God requires of him, he goes, you got your son? Yeah, I got my son. Take him up to the mountain. <laughs> it's a bad story. It's hard, it's hard to read it when you put real faces to, yeah. Imagine you in this situation, your little one. Incomprehensible. And the Lord requires of Abraham to take this promised son that he waited all of his life to have on this totally bizarre request. I want you to offer him up on the mountain. Wow, not something you want to talk to your wife about, huh? And he does it. He gets up there. 
the child's, hey, dad, what are we doing? I see the wood, I see the, you know, where's the ram? Where's the, where's the sacrifice? I know what we're doing. Yeah, 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 I know what we're doing. It's like, the offering is talking to you. Like, how do you do that? Abraham comes right up to the moment as we know the story. He is willing to carry this out incomprehensible. I, I, but he passes the test and the Lord provides the lamb. I would say that took faith. Absolute faith to believe in the one that promised, to believe that, to trust him completely. So in Genesis 47, we see Jacob um, say to, to jo- like um, Jacob say, say to Joseph, like when he's dying, I won't go there, I don't want to take the time to do it, but it's like, I don't want to live in this land. I want to live in the land that we were promised. I don't want to die here in Egypt. And he makes him vow to him that he will take him to the promised land. So Jacob's living. He's part of the story. And he doesn't get to see the promise. He's seen some provision and some deliverance. But he's seen a lot of things. But he doesn't get to see the thing promised to him. Promised to Abraham. Then Joseph, at the end of his life, in in chapter um, 50 of Genesis, Joseph turns to all of Israel, and he makes them vow that they will carry. So we've got Jacob's bones that are supposed to go to the promised land, and he makes them vow that they will take his bones to the promised land when they go. And then he dies, and he's buried in Egypt. So when they came into the promised land they were carrying a bag of bones so to speak like they're you know they were they because they were fulfilling that like the lord in all that time it just we've got to get perspective of this he gives a promise and they believe that it's going to happen even after they die they believe through to the generations pass this on and 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 they pass on And so as you live your life and you conquer your world and you build your house and you do this thing and you find your career, you find your function, you find your destiny, and you procreate in your children at some time, what a beautiful thing if then you pass that on to them. There's this promise, this thing that we have, this kingdom come, this value of searching a holiday that you pass it on to them. That they, they take it on and they build and they grow and they reproduce and they multiply as we're commanded. We're commanded to multiply. We're not, we're not to just be here, find a hiding place and wait till the train comes. There, there's stuff to do. There's kingdom to build. There's justice to bring. There's, there, are, there are arcs to build and, you know, there are things. And that's all well and good, but we do it for a different reason. We do it to fulfill a destiny. So let me read in 17, starting in 17, and I'll I'll wrap this up. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham, for when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. 
And even though he received God's promises of descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son. For God had promised, through your son, Isaac, your lineage will carry on your name. Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God would raise Isaac from the dead, and symbolically, that's exactly what happened. The power of faith promoted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning their prophetic destinies. Verse 21, Jacob worshiped in faith's reality at the end of his life, and leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of, his, of Joseph's sons. So when you come to their, your, the end of your life, you are not finished until you... I, I just think there's more to this than we realize, like we just, you know. There's, you come to the end, and there's, a, there's another job to pass on a blessing to your children, to your heirs, to pass that on. It's a real thing. We don't practice it well in our culture, but it's a real thing. Pass that on. If you have to lean on your staff to do it. If you're an absolute weakness when you do it, you pass on something that is a tangible force that keeps them going on this journey to seek a city that cannot be seen. To live for something greater than what's here. Jacob worshiped in faith's reality at the end of his life, verse 21, and leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's sons. Faith inspired Joseph and opened his eyes to see into the future. For as he was dying, he prophesied about the exodus of Israel out of Egypt. In other words, he believed someday you're all going to leave here and gave instructions that his bones were to be taken from Egypt with them. That's faith. That's believing there's something on you that's going to transfer to your children. If it takes you all your life to get your act together, whatever. Get it together. Learn your lessons. Find the Lord in your stuff. And don't, don't evaluate your life according to the world. Their, their values, it's not going to be, mean anything. Those things are not going to mean anything in the, in the presence and the face of God. He's, he's looking for faith. He's looking for who believed. He's looking for who obeyed him. He's looking for who overcame. Not for who didn't have things to overcome, but for him to overcame. You don't get that ticket unless you've got obstacles in your life and difficulties. The way you get the award is, is go out into the, you know, the obstacle course of life and overcome. Wreck a few times, mess up your thumb, do whatever you're going to do, you know. Somebody else just had, yeah, something else. They were like, yeah, whatever. Like, oh, my goodness. Trying to keep our little ducklings, you know, out of trouble. Let this morning be a refresher where to get your eyes at. See all the stuff that's going on. Worried about your life, worried about this and that. Get, get back to, are you being true to what called you, God called you to do? 
Are you faithful in those little things? Are you pleasing your Father? Are you bringing, calling down that which you have a connection with with him? Call it down. Bring it. The world's so needy. They're so hungry. Families are so broken. And we all need to show up in faith to believe because we believe something we can't see. And stop apologizing for that. Understand, you live by a different... Don't get caught between, in living between those two worlds. You will, who said it uh, today? Kenny, Kenny said, you'll get killed. If you don't start believing who God said, you, you will get killed because you've got a mark on your head, a little red dot. And the only way to protect yourself from a bullet following that dot is that you get in faith and believe what, because the enemy wants to take you out. And it moves in families. And, and it's, it's running rampant. And faith stops that. And living in obedience to the Lord. And prayer, faith, prayers of faith and intercession, they block that. You, do, you mess up the enemy's plans. So do that when you pray blessings and you do things. Like become fully alive. This is faith. Believing what is unseen. So, Father, we just thank you. Often our frustration is born out of us trying to compete with the world and trying to look like something else. But the reality is, if I'm faithful where you've called me, if I identify where I'm supposed to be, if I identify what I'm supposed to be doing, and I do that with all my heart, I'm pleasing you. And that I believe you called me. I believe you chose me. I believe you're leading me. Let us be encouraged today that we live for a city we cannot see. We live for a spiritual realm that is, as, is more real than this one. So I just ask for encouragement and direction and enlightenment for us that when the confusion comes, that we can see through the fog, that we can see through the confusion, we can see past the distractions, get our eyes fixed and focused on what you're saying, what you're promising, and stand in our weakness often. Say, Lord, I believe. I believe what you said. We just commit ourselves to pray more often declarations and prayers of faith for people around us that are in need and stop leaning on our own understanding and our own devices to fix stuff. You're sovereign. You're good. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a good Memorial Day.